Welcome to the Message Podcast from Church of the Nazarene. We invite you to subscribe for updates and new episodes. You can find us on most major podcast outlets. Visit cotnaz.org for more info. Our worship services stream weekly on Sundays at 9 a.m. on YouTube. You can also find our live stream at cotnaz.org. Our in-person service times are 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have a campus near Harrisonburg at 1871 Boyers Road. We also have a campus in East Rockingham at 414 South East Side Highway in Elkton. In addition, our Spanish-speaking campus meets on Sundays at 11.45 a.m. at that same 1871 Boyers Road location. Check out our website, cotnas.org, for more info. Uh, as we turn uh, into our teaching portion today, if you have your copy of Scripture, I invite you to turn with me to the book of Acts. Now, you thought I was going to say Philippians, didn't you? i got to keep you on your toes. So let's, let's go to Acts 4, Acts chapter 4. Uh, we'll get to Philippians, don't, don't despair, but we will delay for just a moment. So chronologically, uh, in the story of Scripture in Acts chapter 4, Jesus uh, has been crucified. Uh, He's resurrected, ascended to the Father. Uh, The Holy Spirit has come and has empowered believers. Uh, And so where we find Peter and John, they are preaching in Jerusalem. Now, Peter and John, they were disciples of Jesus while he was uh, on the earth in his earthly ministry. Uh, And now they are standing in Jerusalem proclaiming boldly the good news of Jesus, and they are literally uh, right before the same people that crucified Jesus just a little while ago, and we're going to pick up in verse 13, so this is kind of following their defense, if you will, to the religious leaders, so verse 13 of Acts chapter 4 says, when they, the religious leaders, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled and ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Have you ever been in the grocery store or, you know, just going about your daily life and you bump into someone and just something about them seems familiar? You can't quite place it. You might not know them, but there's just something about the way they are acting, the way they're speaking that seems familiar. Like that's a little bit like what's happening here in Acts chapter 4. The leaders, they really don't know Peter and John, uh, but they recognize something about them. They knew that they weren't educated. They didn't have that university lingo, uh, if you will. I mean, we've got to remember, Peter had what we would call like a country accent because he was from the region of the Galilee. And so people from there talked with a very distinct accent. So they recognized that they, they weren't trained, they weren't leaders. But even though they didn't know them, they recognized Jesus in them. The leaders knew by the way that Peter and John were acting, by the way they were teaching, their boldness and authority, they had been disciples of Christ. Has anyone ever gotten to do an apprenticeship program? Like through work, you know, you you show up, you're you're learning skills, you're working uh, and trying to train, like on-the-job training. Anybody ever gotten to do that? 
I saw Thomas, so me and Thomas. Uh, but uh, I, I've gotten to do that many times, and that, I thrive in that environment. That's, if you give me a book, I'm going to struggle. But if you just give me some tools and show me, I'm good to go. Uh, but so in, in throughout life, we, I've had an opportunity to apprentice in a lot of different scenarios. Uh, I first got to apprentice with my dad. Uh, I still apprentice after him in many ways. Uh, but outside the home, one of my first apprentices was with a man named Gary Allman. Uh, Gary Allman is a, a legendary character, larger than life, uh, would be a way that I would describe Gary. And he happened to live uh, back the driveway from us just next door. Now, Gary, he, he was a plumber, an electrician, a gutter man, a radon specialist. He was basically a local expert on about anything and everything you can imagine. Well, since I live so close, like, I got to just hop in the car or in the truck and go with him when he was going out on plumbing or electrical calls. And I learned all kinds of things. Uh, I learned where, like supply houses, you know, if you need plumbing fittings or electrical parts, I learned where you needed to go. And I also learned which of those places had the best popcorn and soda, because that's really important as a kid. I'm just saying, it's still important. But I learned where to go for popcorn and soda and plumbing parts. Uh, I learned some of the special lingo, some of the words for the trades. Uh, some of them were good, and we're just going to leave that at that. We're going to focus on the good. Uh, but I learned the language of the trades. I remember one evening we uh, were out on a, a service call in Dayton at an apartment building, and I was on the ladder running a saw, uh, and Gary was over watching me, giving me instructions. And as I'm running the saw, we're underneath a plumbing leak, and water is running down my elbows and down my body. And in that moment, not knowing where the water was coming from, I said, I am not cut out to be a plumber. <laughs> I knew in those moments that electrical was the field I was going to go for. <laughs> but you see, un apprenticing under Gary, uh, he, he taught me a lot of information. Uh, he saw to it that I learned the right skills and the right knowledge. But he also showed me how to do many things firsthand. And I learned and fostered skills through that relationship uh, that I still have to this day. I still don't like plumbing to this day. But you see, I learned a lot by doing what Gary did. And throughout the years, I, I got to apprentice under some really great folks in the trades. Uh, and in ministry, I've gotten to apprentice with some really awesome leaders in the church, and even to still today, doing what they do and learning by their wealth of knowledge. As we continue in our teaching series today, uh, we're going to see that the Apostle Paul uh, is, is essentially calling believers, essentially calling followers of Jesus into an apprenticeship. It's calling followers of Jesus into an apprenticeship, but not of a new trade or a new skill, but rather to watch Jesus closely. Specifically, it's a call to live the Jesus life by having the same mind as Christ. With that, I want to welcome you back to our teaching series, Living the Jesus Life. We're in the midst of a nine-week journey through the letter or the book of Philippians, and we're on week number four. If you've missed some of the weeks uh, behind us, I invite you to go to our website, cotnaz.org. Uh, there is a watch listen tab there where you can catch up with the services from Harrisonburg campus, as well as here you can find the audio recordings for our services. Uh, so if you've missed one, I invite you to catch up and journey with us as we dive in week to week. Uh, but being in the fourth study, we've kind of covered some of Paul's initial greetings, his expressions of gratitude and love for the believers there in Philippi. Uh, he shared about some of his challenges, about being imprisoned and those who are opposing him, but there's no sad stories for Paul. 
You see, he sees all of that as an outworking, a flow of the kingdom of God because the name of Jesus is growing and expanding through his imprisonment and his struggles. So there's no sad stories for him. And, and last week, we transitioned a little bit, if you will, from his welcoming remarks and his initial greetings and updates to teaching and exhortation to the believers there in Philippi. And uh, we believe that the church was under pressure. Uh, we don't know exactly the opposition or what was going on there, uh, but we believe that it was coming from outside the church. And the pressure was, was seemingly affecting relationships and their unity in the spirit and their effectiveness in proclaiming the gospel. And so, so Paul, as, as he begins his first instruction, you know, the first things while everybody's paying attention, the first thing he says is, whatever happens, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Whatever happens, no matter what comes your way, no matter the challenges, live your lives in such a way to be worthy of the name Christ. You see, they, they were to live as citizens of heaven, to live under the heavenly rule right there in Philippi. And, and for Paul, he knows that if they get Christ as their focus, if that's the one thing that must be true of their lives, when they come together as the body, when they come together in community, they're going to be in one spirit. They're going to be in unity. They will strive together, and they won't have to fear the opposition that they face. Because they are focused on Jesus. And he, he concludes this exhortation with, with some very specific instructions in verse 3 and 4 of chapter 2. He says, do nothing. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. Others focused living. As we continue today in verse 5 of chapter 2, uh, Paul's going to really uh, deepen this teaching, uh, and it's really this pivotal moment in the letter to the Philippian church. What we're going to read today is the anchor that all of his other arguments are going to stem from. This is the key text, if you will, of this letter. So turn with me, and we're going to begin at verse 5 of chapter 2. He says this, he says, In your relationships with one another... Have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ. So, so to live the Jesus life, to be a follower or an apprentice of Jesus, is to seek to have his mind, to speak the way he spoke, to love as he loved, to serve as he served. Yes, to humble yourself like he did. To give up your rights like he did. See, to, to live the Jesus life, to follow after him, the essence of that call is to live like he lived. And so we see for the uh, Apostle Paul, there is an inseparable link. There's an unbreakable bond between what we believe and how we live. We can't tease those two apart. What we believe must be modeled and affirmed by how we live. You might say there's an inseparable link between our theology and our ethics. 
There's an inseparable link there. We cannot separate those two. We we cannot say that Jesus is Lord and then turn to live any which way we want to. Those two don't come together. If If I can watch your life, I could get pretty close to guessing what you really believe. Because what we really believe in our heart of hearts at the core of our being is shaping how we live. So to place your faith in the Lord, to call Him and trust in Him as our Lord and Savior is to embark on an apprenticeship journey, to model our life after Him. So we can't say that we believe in Jesus, that Jesus is Lord, and then continue in sin. We can't say that Jesus is Lord, that he is Lord of my life, and continue to harbor unforgiveness and jealousy and envy and pride. They are mutually exclusive. To join in the way of Jesus is to learn who he was and to know him through our lives and the way at which we live. That's the essence of living the Jesus life. That's the essence of salvation. That's the essence of what the Apostle Paul is calling for. That's the theme of this letter. And I wonder today, does your life reflect your belief in Jesus as Lord? Does your life reflect Jesus as Lord? Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we uh, come humbly before your word. Lord, we thank you for the boldness of the Apostle Paul to say something as bold and as courageous as have the same mind as Jesus. Lord, we need help with that. I need help with that, Lord. So, Lord, today we want to see you uh, as our Lord and our Savior. And, Lord, we want to see the pattern at which you are calling us to live. So, Lord, if there's any inconsistency there between what we believe and how we live, will you show us? Lord, we're giving you permission today to search our hearts, to call us out. Lord, even if it hurts, search our hearts today. We want to live lives reflective of you, as that is the call of discipleship. Lord, we love you today. We are desperate for you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Um, I want to read back through our teaching text. We're going to expand a little bit through verse 8 there of chapter 2 in Philippians. So beginning back at verse 5, it says, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. And Paul's going to turn here and begin to unpack the mindset of Christ. He says, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. So that this isn't just the gospel presented in poetic fashion, though it is, and beautifully so. But it's not just a presentation. It's a call to live life just like that. 
And it starts with something that's challenging for us that cuts across the grain of who we are when he says that we are to uh, not consider our rights, not to demand what we feel like we deserve or what we have earned. And we see that come through in verse 6. He says, uh, speaking of Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. So Jesus, by the very nature and essence of who he is, he was God and he is God. And being in the very nature and that essence of God, his deity was not something he had to earn or strive after. It was intrinsic. It was inherently his in his position as God. And his lordship, his status, he didn't view that as being something used for his own benefit. So think about that, all the worship, all of the heavenly host, the power, the knowledge, the glory of being God. He didn't harbor that or see that as something used to empower his own position. Rather, in verse 7, it says, rather he made himself nothing. He made himself nothing by taking on the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. So, so rather than using this power and authority and status for himself, he used it to serve others, to serve you and me. This is the expression. This is the fulfillment of God's love, and it's the model for our lives. Jesus poured himself out. He made himself low. He took on a human form. He limited himself to the realm of humanity. It, it just, just think about that for a minute. The first couple months of his life, the Lord, the King of glory, couldn't hold up his own head. Have you, ever, you, have you held a little baby lately? Like when they're first born, man, you know. Just, that was the King of glory. He couldn't hold up his own head. He made himself As he grew, uh, the eternal word had to learn how to talk as a toddler. Mary had to clean his diaper. The king of glory. God made himself low in Jesus, taking on the form of a man. Fully God, fully man. He humbled himself. He, He took on hunger He took on pain and and disappointment and bruises and scars. He took on his shoulders the sin of the world. Verse 8 says, And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. So he, he not only leapt from the throne of glory to being the realm of mankind, he humbled himself as a man by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. He humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death. And that was the worst kind of death that mankind could dream of at that point. And that was crucifixion. And this act of humility, this act of obedience, uh, most vividly portrays the love of God, the eternal, powerful, creator God, his love expressed in laying himself down. The scriptures say that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Before we could do anything, Christ died and made a way. That we might know salvation. He made himself nothing. And Jesus faithfully modeled the Father's love. And don't miss what happens next as we dive into verse 9. It says, therefore, God exalted him. Exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. 
that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. God the Father has highly exalted Christ. It's a vindication, it's an affirmation of who he is and and the act of his humbling himself in service to others. And in this portrait, Paul's reminding us that there is coming a day There is coming a day ahead where every knee will bow and every tongue will confess his lordship and his deity. There's a different day ahead, friends. There's a different day ahead. And and as beautiful and as poetic and as powerfully as Paul has communicated this truth, we can't miss, we can't forget why it's here. I mean, this this is uh, the sequence. Why is it the bedrock of this letter? We can't miss this. Certainly, it's to continue his focus on the centrality of Christ. Like, we've been there every week as Christ is the focus. So that continues in this session, but we cannot miss verse 5. We cannot miss verse 5. And he wants believers to have the same mindset. Now, there's only one Jesus so this is not Paul saying, go be Jesus. There's no, we can't go to the cross. No, it's, it's model your life after his self-sacrificing humility, serving others. Make him your model for life. So today, as you think about this cause, we unpack this word. Are you ready today to say that Jesus is Lord? to lay aside what you feel like you've earned or maybe what you've deserved, maybe what you have the right to? Are you ready to lay that aside in service of others? That's the essence of the Jesus life that Paul is calling us to. Jesus said those who seek to save their lives are going to lose it. But those who lose their lives for my sake will find it. This is, this is the same idea. This is living the Jesus life, to humble yourself and serve others in love. We've got to remember that this is a letter, this beautiful description, this great theology and pattern for living is contained in a letter written to people who, who are having some challenges, who are facing some opposition in the world. And it's important that they understand that the cross is not foolishness. The, the cross, what the world wants to say, Jesus was crucified, he's gone. He said, no, 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 he's actually the king of glory. That was a manifestation of God's love. And so they need to have an accurate understanding of who Jesus is. And, you know, good theology matters. But it's also here as a pattern for their lives. That inseparable link between what they believe and how they live. This is a challenging text because it's the call for us today. Those that that want to say that Jesus is Lord, that he is my Savior, then we are saying, Jesus, you are Lord of my life. I'm going to live like you. I'm going to live like you. Uh, As the band would begin to make their way forward... um, Gordon Fee uh, is a scholar, a commentator, and he has a work on Philippians, and he references this passage. He says this. He says, this passage, it reinforces a significant aspect of Paul's gospel. 
Namely, that there is no genuine life in Christ that is not at the same time by the power of the Holy Spirit being regularly transformed into the likeness of Christ. You can't separate what we believe and how we live. James, the, the half-brother of Jesus, in, in his letter, uh, he said it, I mean, in, in his normal fashion, a bit more bluntly. He said, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by action, is dead. And so, friends, today, if we're going to say, if we're going to say that I, I believe in Jesus, that I'm a Christian, that I'm trusting in him for my salvation, that I've placed my faith in him, then we cannot be separating how we live from the call and the example of Jesus. We are in an apprenticeship following after and learning the way of Jesus. This is a lifelong journey. This is the call of discipleship, of following after him, to learn from the master, to live like he lives, to, to humble ourselves. Lord, it's a dangerous prayer to pray. Lord, make me humble. Woo! Because you see, we, we struggle to lay ourselves down because I deserve better. I have goals, right? But the way of Jesus, he said, humble yourself. Don't use uh, uh, the blessing, the power, the authority, the privilege. Don't use all of that just to glorify yourself. No, use that to serve others. It's a different narrative than what the world wants us to know, right? Because the world says, get as much as you can. He who dies with the most toys wins, right? Paul say, no, 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 no. The Jesus life is to lay yourself down in service of the king. To model your life after him. This is the essence of what it means to be a Christian. It has to begin with faith because this is not a work that we can do on our own. We, we can't just uh, muster this up on our own. It's going to come through relationship with Jesus. If you've ever been in, a, in a, an apprenticeship program, like you know the boss doesn't just send you out. Like the boss is close by. And friends, Jesus lives within us in the power of his spirit. He is guiding us unto life and truth through his word, through the community of believers. But the call to follow Jesus is a commitment to that way, to humble ourselves before his word, to live like he lived. So it must begin with faith. It must begin in intimacy with Jesus to know his forgiveness, to know his life, to have his spirit guide us and friends it's going to involve a lot of repentance on our part right that old church word <laughs> repentance where you turn from living your way and demanding your rights you turn and humble yourself before the Lord and live the way he calls you to live repentance look and this doesn't mean we're not going to make mistakes I remember Another one of my apprentice adventures was at uh, MTC, Massanutten Technical Center, up in Harrisonburg. Uh, <laughs> this is a good one. I was in the electrical program. Um, I had been doing electrical work for a couple of years by that point. Um, the teacher knew that. Uh, I knew him uh, outside of MTC. Uh, and so he knew I'd been wiring houses and kind of working in the trades already. And so he wanted to wire up a demo. So MTC, you had these wooden booths, like with studs and panels. You can mock up wiring and different things. So 
he, he sent me back there to wire up a, a light and a receptacle and a switch uh, for something in class that day. Uh, so I went and did that, and as he comes back there with the whole class, the whole class, uh, he begins taking this apart. And what I learned is that I had wired that thing wrong in that moment, and I literally shocked the teacher at MTC in front of the whole class. <laughs> but you know what? I remember that vividly. <laughs> but you know what? He didn't kick me out of the program. He didn't kick me out for that mistake. He taught me. And boy, you better know that I knew that lesson. <laughs> but you see, in our walk with Jesus, there's an implication that we're learning, that we're growing, that we're developing, that we are committed to following after him. We're going to make mistakes. We might shock some people with our stupidity. I've done it. But the way, the call of Jesus, what Paul is getting at, what we are to live is to commit ourselves to live with a life that says Jesus is Lord. That's what it is, friends, to live the Jesus life. Is that the life you're living today? Does what you believe about Jesus, what you know to be true about uh, the, the cross and his deity and, and him being God, do, do you merge that into how you live and act at work or at school or at home or on the computer when nobody's watching? You see, to say Jesus is Lord, he's Lord over all. So today, uh, I, I've, I've set out a couple note cards, a couple different colors so you can pick your favorite. But today, I want to encourage you, we're just going to take an opportunity to drive a stake in the ground. It's May 21st, 2023. And I want to invite you today to just grab a card and write on it, Jesus is Lord, and sign your name. To say that, that Jesus is Lord of my life. I believe that you are God. I believe that you died for me. I believe that you live within me. And I believe you call me to live like you lived. Jesus is Lord. And so there's no pressure. But I just invite you. Put this in, in a bookmark in your Bible. Put it uh, in the, the speedometer cluster of your car. Don't cover up the gas gauge. That might not go well. But put it in your car. Put it somewhere you'll see it. And every time you see that, Jesus is Lord. Be confronted by that truth. In a good way. In a good way. Jesus is Lord. I would invite you to stand today. Maybe you're going to write on a card today that Jesus is Lord for the first time. Maybe you've never confessed him as your Lord. Today you can do that, friends. That's where we all enter the kingdom of God, is professing him as our Lord and Savior and seeking his forgiveness and repenting from our old life and our old ways. Maybe today you're here and you've been apprenticing after Jesus for a while, but it's gotten a little off course. Maybe life has become more about what you want or about getting uh, things for yourself rather than pursuing the kingdom of God. And today you sense his spirit, his call is calling you back to obedience and surrender. Friend, the opportunity to say Jesus is Lord today is for you too. And if you're here today and you're in apprenticeship with Jesus and you just want to drive a stake in the ground, on May the 21st, 2023, I would invite you to do that.
But only make a step if you're sincere. Only make a step if you're sincere today. There's no pressure, only an invitation. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for who you are. Lord, that you are God. Lord, you humbled yourself. You took on the realm of humanity. Lord, you never stopped being God. But you took on the realm of humanity and you humbled yourself. I mean, you could have been uh, any man you wanted to be, but no, you humbled yourself as a servant to the point of death on the cross that, Lord, the power of sin, death, hell, and the grave might be broken through your life and sacrifice. So, Lord, we say thank you today. We profess our belief in you as Lord and Father, we, we hear today the call that to believe in you means we are going to model our lives after you. So Lord, today we know that that's a work of your spirit. You're not just going to uh, bring us in the apprenticeship and walk away, Lord. You're going to be there right every step of the way. Encouraging us, calling us. And so today we want to respond with three simple words, Jesus is Lord. Search our hearts today, God. Search our hearts, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. If you want to respond today, I would invite you. There's, there's a table up here with Sharpies and uh, pieces of paper, and there's also two tables in the back. Uh, just make your way to whichever one's convenient. May 21st, 2023. Jesus is Lord. Thank you so much for listening today. You can email us at info at cotnaz.org for any questions about our church. When you're done listening today, please subscribe to this channel for updates and new episodes.